0: Personal fist bump for yourself, right there. I don't what know why that? I just did. that. You guys just see it. He just like he's like I'm Jake, and he did like a personal yeah. fist pump. That's or fist pump for yourself. That's really I good, I I'm hope.
1: getting a little punchy over here. I, think. Yeah, I,
0: I I hope you feel good about yourself after that. I hope Thanks. it gave you it gave you a little that. bolster. Hope you guys enjoyed uh, Jake's history episode last week. We talked about. Um, Some of the history of the wheel and uh, where it came from and yeah, and
1: wire wheel technology specifically and answered a listener question as well. So if you haven't listened to that, be sure to tune in.
0: Yeah. Also, those are timeless. There's no news there. So you just go back and you can listen to any of those at any time. They're great. They're
1: not only timeless, they're evergreen.
0: I don't know what that means, but let's move on. So okay. I don't have to think about what that means.
1: <laughs> okay. So uh, what do we have going on here? We have our Momo Prototipo giveaway contest going on for the entire month of August. You know what?
0: I promised everybody I would look at Spotify to see if you could review I did. there. I you, did. Can't. you can't. You I can't. I know.
1: So sorry. I tried. So go to iTunes. <laughs> yeah, just go to iTunes and do it. <laughs> um, because what you do is you go to iTunes. You leave us a review as long as uh, long along with a little comment what you think of us. You can be clever and funny. We like that because it is good. But seriously, just give us feedback because we do appreciate honest feedback. For sure. And at the end of the month... Unless it's bad, then I don't want to hear it all. Honestly, I'm (laughs) wondering... Like, whatever. I want some (laughs) feedback regardless. So, but at the end of the month, we're going to pick a random uh, submission there and give away a Momo Prototipo brand-new steering wheel, along with your choice of hub to mount it to your car.
0: Sure. So um, do you know
1: whats what you're
0: doing for a history episode next
1: week? I was just looking at that as the next item, and I don't.
0: You don't? Well,
1: well tune in. I, it's yeah. going to be a surprise. Yeah,
0: tune in with by doing, not tuning anything anymore. You're not tuning. You're There's clicking. no dial. What do you want me to say? Uh,
1: Give it a listen.
0: Download in. I don't know. Download, download um, so uh, <laughs> one thing I wanted to, is to figure out is who's listening from... Finland, Germany, Sweden, Denmark, and Switzerland. We've got listeners there. I'd really like to hear from you guys. You know what's going on? Maybe you Sven, like, and
1: Sven and Bjorn and all Bjorn, you guys over there. What, what's up? You know, we've got, uh, what's up, how's it going
0: out there? Uh, also, we've got listeners in the UK, too, pretty good. UK and Canada are about the same volume. Right. So we really appreciate you guys tuning in from, a, tuning in from, a oh, I just you did just it. You just did it. I know. Uh, tuning in from across the pond, we, we really, really appreciate that. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, and I also had a correction from last Monday. Right. And someone called me out on, I was, we were talking about Initial D, and I said that, oh, yeah, he's driving around, his dad doesn't want him to spill the tofu in the back of the, back of the AE86, Right. Right. It's actually a glass of water in his cup holder, not the tofu. Sure. And uh, he said he thinks that the uh drew our guest was about to correct me but then maybe didn't know or i talked over him or something like that <laughs> anyway so that's my fault um it's Thank water not apparently tofu.
1: we are very precise with our corrections yes here. yes um i just want to say as well before we move into things we do have our phone number you guys can give us a call ask us some listener questions we've got a couple of those coming up
0: so uh we, one actually we moved one of the yesterday's right or wednesday's episodes so we've got one of those coming up right a listener question
1: and what's that number chris Oh, six, six one two, one two um, nut lug-o-bolt. lug o bolt lug zero
0: belt right. lug zero belt six that's one
1: two five eight four zero two three five or as I found out six one two lug zero belt
0: yep that's great sure too bad it's not lug zero belt bolt
1: I know right. it would have been perfect yeah. or if the lug zero, zero was in belt.
0: there belt. Yep. lug zero belt um, also check us out on Patreon we haven't mentioned this in a while we yeah, haven't done this in a bit. But uh, one of our Patreon uh, subscribers actually reminded me that he was, and I wanted to say thanks Thanks for those that are. is what you
1: can do is you can go to patreon.com slash overcrest.
0: You can pay 5 bucks a month, and you can get a t-shirt. And, uh, or yep, the You other also one have is,
1: the next level where you get a signed print. You get a signed print well. for me.
0: We'll work, if you want, we can go through some of my work. If there's anything you're interested in, I'm, I'm happy to work with whoever yep. for whatever. We'll work I'll, something out.
1: I'll sign like a seahorse for you or something.
0: Yeah, there you go. You can send a seahorse. <laughs> Maybe he can raise it for you. <laughs> it's yeah. I don't
1: know. I don't know anything.
0: True. All right. So, uh, what? Why don't we talk a little bit about what's going on with me and the, and the and the yougo and everything else that I've done? And I worked. What on is
1: going on with you? And I
0: worked on the 911 a little bit too. And I'm I got really kind of excited about this project that I did with the 911. What'd you do? So. Um, as you know, my headlight always turns off. Like one of my headlights doesn't I didn't work. Didn't know that. Okay, so my one of my <laughs> headlights. You know, it's got the little <laughs> ceramic fuses that are that are in there, right? The little ceramic thing that goes on the little spring-loaded tab.
1: Are, okay. The fuse. The spring.
0: the you have fuses in a car? you know what a fuse in a car I, is? I do, but okay. I'm,
1: but yours are like the bullet fuses. Yeah,
0: the ceramic. They're,
1: they're nor, plastic.
0: They used to be ceramic, so okay. I just
1: call them the ceramic fuses. These aren't your standard automotive fuses that everyone knows now. They're the old-school bullet style. They look style.
0: like, a, like, like a, a capsule or a pill, basically. Sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So they have, they're have they spring-loaded, yep. and my fuse box, I'm imagining it's Bakelite. So it's, it's what? Bakelite? What? That, I, that means nothing to You don't know, know what me. Bakelite is? No. Is it so a So remember the old... Plastic black telephones, okay, from back in the day, yeah, or like the old rotary phones, sure, that, yeah, all that black stuff, um, black plastic from back in the day is called bakelite. That's what it's called. That's oh. the product of that that it is.
1: It's an old type of plastic,
0: but it's not plastic. It's something else. It's bakelite. It's, it's a brand. It's like a. Material. It's like saying Kleenex. Gotcha. You know, it's bakelite. So, but it, after time, it gets brittle. Sure. So it had. Um, one of the posts that stuck out that helped hold one of these fuses in was like loose and cracked and broken okay. so my headlight didn't work anymore except sometimes like you'd go over a bump and it would come back on <laughs> so I'm like all right I got to I got to change this out so I bought a new fuse block right and and installed it and I noticed that like half the on the the cover, if you flip it over, it would say what the fuses are.
1: Yeah, there's a little like key or legend. Yeah,
0: the legend for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. There's eight fuses there. The top of it was missing, it was torn off, and it was old and yellow. And burnt. And burnt. And <laughs> it was burnt because when you have um, electric current that's struggling to flow but still works, you get a lot of resistance. Right. And with resistance comes heat. So heat is the enemy of any electrical stuff. So it was generating a lot of heat. Even the fuse itself was like black from just being hot. I'm like, this is not. This is bad.
1: That seems really good. It yeah, seems really seems safe. Yeah.
0: So anyway, so it had this piece of paper in there that had the legend of the fuses. And I'm like, it kind of looks like shit. I'm like, I'm wondering if I can go online and I can find somewhere that someone has made this that I can just print it out on my laser printer sure. and put it in there. And I find it. But, of course, it says sample across the whole thing. <laughs> and they want you to buy it. So I spent an entire afternoon recreating the entire the font structure, the kerning, which is the distance of the letters between right. each other, it's all hand letterpress, and all the offset between all the letters is done by hand.
1: Legit type setting.
0: Legit type setting. So none of the, all the words are slightly different. So I had to go through each letter, each word, and try and get the kerning as close as I possibly could. And I think I f- I screwed up a couple letters and like messed up and left out a U somewhere. Someone told me, and one of my. Uh, you left out a U? Yeah, I left out a U, one of the big German words. Someone's like, oh, yeah, you left out this U." I'm oh. like, ah, fix that. And then one of the, the accents on one of the French words, I have the, the accent is going the wrong way. The it's tilde. Like, the tilde, yeah, it's going the wrong way. So it's facing one way when it's supposed to go the other I way. gotcha. So I got to fix that. But I spent all afternoon on it. It was really <laughs> satisfying. I just sat in the garage on my chair with, a, like, a little ruler and a cent- that has centimeters on it. Yep. And I'm measuring, like, all the distances between the letters and the spacing. And I got it printed out. Fits perfectly. And I'm pretty happy with it. That was
1: so. As a designer, I really appreciate you doing that. And I even little have a little like typesetting ruler that you could have used. Um, well, the problem is, is that all the all the letters aren't really because it's like the ink bled. Sure. So they're not like the
0: serifs and the right. not. Nothing's correct, like sharp or anything. It's That's all kind of when you look really close at it, it's all kind of like bled in, and you can't right. really. So the problem is I have to. Um, I tried using like a blur tool on it to like yep. blur it a little bit. But then when you print it out on a laser printer, it just dithers it, which okay. makes dots out of it. Like, right. So it looks like garbage. So I got to get like an inkjet printer, I think, okay. and see if I can print it out that way.
1: Interesting. So my point was I can really appreciate the work you put into that. And it was a lot of work from what I saw on your Instagram stories. But why the hell did you do that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I just I, – I was
0: by myself at the house. No one else was around. I was just out there listening to music. I was probably trying to put off the next thing I did. Is I took my entire uh, blower unit and all the tubes underneath the, uh, in in the trunk, took everything apart because it smells like something died. That's right. Did you find? (sighs) I didn't find anything. So I scrubbed everything with Lysol (laughs) and put it all back together again. Okay. So hopefully whatever, like the zombie smell that keeps getting reanimated. You referred
1: to it as the zombie mouse that gets gets (laughs) reanimated. Whenever it gets moist,
0: it like reanimates something. And the smell goes away when you turn the heat on. So I don't, I don't, oh, really, I don't think it's in there. That doesn't make sense. I don't know. It's not great. So I hope <laughs> that goes away because it's it's rancid, man. Really? It's, it's yeah. It smells. It's bad.
1: Okay. Well, um, I was also going to mention, you know, there's another top cover for your fuse box. You the know, that other, one also has a legend. I yes, but I don't
0: have the legend for I it. I have it. Oh, you do? Okay. Well, send me or scan it for me and send it to me, and I will. Uh, I'll make another one. Okay. Because I and don't have, have one those. at all on the upper in the upper one at all so okay very cool um of course i've been working on the deep on the yugo yes which i've you know last episode i was kind of like oh i don't really like this car i'm not into (laughs) it anymore
1: not even a week
0: yeah but the thing is is that i had spent so much time driving it that i was kind of bumming that i'm like boy this thing it takes a lot of moxie to drive this car because it's like you're constantly doing things and
1: you know, one thing that I noticed that's <laughs> You is mean it's sp- a, actually an involving driving experience? Yeah, and you but don't not like in, that.
0: But not in a good way. It's like reading a boring book and being forced to read it.
1: I, I enjoyed driving it today. I took it over to lunch. Yeah, but you drove it a quarter of a mile. And yeah, and you, you didn't like, even let me drive it back.
0: I know. That's because you were flogging it like it was your mistress or something like that. Like
1: you weren't doing that on the way home.
0: Yeah, but now I wasn't. I drove it really nice. And, and now I've kind of gotten over like trying to get that thing to be fast because it isn't. Right. It just isn't. So what I've been doing is I just tootle around nicely in it. I go, even in the 70 mile an hour zones, I'm going 60. I just, I'm taking it easy. Everybody's looking at me like I'm Crazy yeah i, mean, I get i've got a i've gotten crazy. a couple beeps and some waves, but generally i get i can see people like in my mirror I can see them looking at me and this is like a. it's a weird mirror it's like curved so you okay. can kind of see other things and people are looking and as soon as I look over, they look away <laughs> like like they're ashamed for me or something <laughs> like i don't they're understand. like
1: this poor Poor guy. poor guy. This poor, poor guy as you go. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And there was at lunch today. We went up to a guy, and I was like, "He's like, oh, hey, what year is that?" I'm like, "Oh, it's an '88." I'm like, "You want to buy it?" He's like, "Yeah, sure." Hold on. He starts like digging in his pockets for whatever change he might have, <laughs> had, which kind of gives you people's impression of of the car. Yeah, um, but it
1: looks very good now.
0: I did. I spent probably six or seven hours just polishing the paint. Yeah, which is it looks amazing, but now you can see all the dents. Right. So I'm gonna have to get some PDR done. I might try and do some of it myself.
1: And uh, so, you're not. My question is, you're not planning to keep this car? No, I'm not. And here's what I'm going to do. Well, don't get into that yet. Okay. But my question is going to be w- at what point do you put more effort in than is worth getting back out of it?
0: Anything at this point for me. So, what I want to do is I want to fix the oil leak, and okay. hopefully that's maybe fixed. It's leaking from the cam box, which sits on top of the cylinder head, mm-hmm. which is, I really wish I would have known that before I bought it because I probably would have negotiated a little bit more on the price. Why? Just because it's a lot of work to pull the cam box off. You're not going to do that, are you? If it's still leaking, I am.
1: It's not leaking
0: that bad. We'll see. I mean, it was leaking quite profusely. I mean, it was leaking really? quite profusely. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it was on the way home. What was it? 400 miles? Yeah. It was a quart.
1: True. Okay. So that's
0: quite a bit. Yeah. So I, if it's still leaking, what I did is I went through and I retightened the cam box down yeah. the best I could. And I got maybe like an eighth of a turn, like a... You know, just like a little bit more sure. tightness down, which is probably over torqued now. Yeah, um, but it's tight, so yeah. maybe that'll help. Assuage well, that's just some the heat that. cycling.
1: We we both agreed this car had not been driven that much.
0: Clearly not. I mean, so, absolutely clear. Clearly it has not. I mean, the I did a tune up on it. The spark plugs were all the, all the electrodes were knife edged. Yeah, I mean they were old. They were the green AC Delcos from back in the day. The rotor was garbage. The cap was garbage. The yeah. plugs are okay. But, I mean, the car has been neg- honestly neglected. Yeah. I think that the um, Gary had driven it not very much. And when you have something for a long time and you don't drive it very often, I think it kind of um, maybe you don't realize that you're neglecting the car. Right. A little bit. but Absolutely. But um, there was a lot of dirt in the car inside. Like, I cleaned oh. out a lot of crevices, a lot of dirt. Um, I think... It just sat a lot.
1: Yeah. Well, that was gonna be my point. The gaskets kind of dry up and everything else, and with a lot of like thermal expansion of driving it, getting it hot and letting it sit, cool down, driving it more in just the frequency, the thermal expansion can sometimes reseal those gaskets. Let's hope so. So I think you just gotta keep driving the piss out of it.
0: I've driven it a lot. I've probably put a thousand miles on it since I bought it. Okay. So which concludes like another probably four hundred miles, six hundred miles around just around. And you know, my my kids love it. My daughter said it's it's the smallest car she's ever seen that's not a toy. Which I thought was which I thought was pretty funny. So it is funny. We'll see how it goes. You know, I I I got a, a text message from Gary that he listened to the previous podcast and he was horrified that I lowered the car cut the springs and lowered the rear <laughs> horrified that was the word that he used I think that's I think I actually used that word on the podcast I'm like if Gary finds out that I did this he will be
1: horrified and you have confirmation that he was horrified I have confirmation that he you. was he was indeed <laughs> horrified with me it does look much better and not like it doesn't even look lowered is what I'll say it doesn't
0: it looks completely it looks factory proper it looks proper and I got an email from the person that Wanted to buy it, but yep. I bought it. Right. So they lived in Ohio. I guess Gary said he wanted to sell it to someone a little closer, a little more local. So I don't know if he just made that excuse up or not. But, okay. Um, I think he probably just didn't want to deal with shipping the car or any, yeah. any kind of business like that. But uh, she kind of was trying to get me to say what I wanted for the car, sure. and I'm kind of like, well, you're the one that contacted me, so the onus is kind of on you to make an offer, especially <laughs> since I don't have any resources to find out what the car's worth. I was just going to put it up for auction and let it bring what it brings. Mm-hmm. That was the thought that I had, is just, you know, see what happens and right. put it on Bring a Trailer I still or something think that's, like
1: that. I think it would be interesting enough where you could put it on Bring a Trailer. We'll because see. it's so clean, too. It is pretty clean. There's a little bit of rust
0: here and there. Have you found a little... Like, just, like, no holes, like yeah. nothing, just some surface rust.
1: I still um, think it's probably the cleanest Yugo out there.
0: It might be one of the, cl- there's one cleaner one on, on. it's the cleanest original Yugo. Okay. Because there's some ones that have been restored. Yeah. They're like five to $6,000 that I've seen. Huh. But in terms of an original car, I don't think you're going to find one cleaner than this. Right. Um, or unmolested, other than me cutting the springs, which is sort of molested. Yeah, but, you did. Um, but it, it drives so much better now. It's a I little know. stiffer, and it's, it's a lot easier to, to deal with. Um, yeah, so that's, that's, uh, that's about it, I guess. Okay. The, well, so here's what I want to do with the car. Yes. Can I, can I talk about that now? Talk about okay. it. Okay. So when I bought my 911, 11, yep. it's, it's not a car I could actually afford. I don't make enough money. Our family doesn't make enough money to afford a, a 911. We just don't. Um, but I, I, I wanted one and I didn't. Re- so I didn't realize I wanted one until kind of halfway through this process. Mm-hmm. So the way I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast before, but the way I got my 9-11 is um, was a journey that didn't start towards that. But it ended up there mm-hmm. is I, I uh, I'd been driving back and forth to my my father in law's cabin for many years with my wife. And I remember one time looking just like it was when I was with you. Mm-hmm. when We went and got the Hugo's. I mean, like, that is a rabbit in that guy's backyard in a field. I'm like we got to stop and find out what he wants for it. And uh I pulled in once and he wasn't there. Pulled in again like another year and he wow. and he wasn't there. So finally got a hold of this guy, I left a note and please yeah. call me. I came back and this rabbit was last titled in 1993. I think it was 1993 cuz the car had been sitting for yeah, 1993. Okay. Wow, is it 2010? Man, cuz it had been sitting for 17 years. Wow. So it had been sitting for a really long time. Right. And uh it was, it was super chalky, just like this Yugo was, but it was 250 bucks. Okay. So we had to get the thing out, we had to sledgehammer the wheels. We had to take a sledgehammer and whack the drums. Okay. Because they were seized. Sure. So we whacked the drums, whacked the front wheels to get the, the brake pads and everything to loosen up. Yeah. And then we, he's like, yeah, the rear mainsail failed, and I just parked it there. Okay. He's like, I used to drive it back and forth to the city, right. you know, every day. I'm like, okay, well, that's no big deal. So I can fix that. So we got it on the flatbed, and the tow truck driver was like, I use my AAA. The guy was like, I know what you're doing here. <laughs> He's like, he says, I know what you're doing here, and I don't appreciate it. Really? And I told him, I'm like, what difference does it make to you? He's like, if you keep mouthing off to me, I'm going to tell AAA what you're doing. And I'm like, dude, I don't want to swear anymore on the podcast. I'm trying hard. Yeah. But I was but like, F you, man.
1: Because What's your he problem? gets paid by AAA regardless. What difference does it make? Right.
0: Who cares? What a jerk. That so you used no your AAA,
1: humor. which is supposed to be for, like, when you break it down on the side of the road. Right. But you used it to have your p- new project car towed. Towed home. Okay. Yeah. I like that.
0: So I got it home, and uh, it was a diesel. And I'm like, I'm going to get this thing running. I'm just going to see if I can get it running. Sure. So I took a – this is probably going to run long. We're going to end up doing no news anymore again. But this is a better story anyway. Yeah. So I took a, a jug of ATF, and I dumped it into the injection pump. Okay. Which was dry as a bone, right? It had sure. nothing in it. And all those seals in there, it's kind of just like a rotary engine. you got these apex seals oh, okay. and all these different things. It's a rotary. Rotary pump. Yeah, rotary, rotary pump. fuel. Yep. And I just let it sit for okay. a few days. I let it sit, and that ATF swells those seals back up. Interesting. Yep. So um, I pulled the fuel line off the oil filter. I wanted to just run it off a jug. Yep. And I filled like a, a milk carton full of diesel fuel, mm-hmm. ran a line to it. And it just started right up.
1: Really? It started
0: right <laughs> up. You know, I bled the injectors, and it was like, rum and it just ran flawless. I'm like, well, wow. sweet. I'm going to try and drive it. Yeah. It drove fine. Seriously? It drove fine. It was no problem whatsoever with this car. Oh, my goodness. And we, uh, my buddy Tim shot, polished it up for me. Mm-hmm. We got it looking as nice as it could possibly look. And I ended up putting uh, some suspension on it. I got some coilovers and put some BBSs on it. And then I started driving it to Dayton, Ohio for a car show. And I got to about maybe two thirds of the way there after we left Wisconsin, and I'm like, "Boy, this clutch is really slipping, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, man." Even with no power, this clutch will not hold because the the main seal was indeed leaking.
1: Oh, yeah. So you're just—it wasn't that the clutch was going out. There was all this oil. The oil was
0: puking out of the main seal right onto the clutch surface. Sure, and so it wasn't doing anything
1: right it was just sitting there slipping on the. so fluid. i'm like
0: how am i gonna fix this i'm not i don't want to do a clutch in the middle of ohio right so what we did is we took the those little plug on top of the transmission for checking the timing and the sure, flywheel. Yep. you can the see the flywheel little, yep. is right there i'm like all right so i bought a case of brake cleaner a case a case okay. it was like it was, it was like nine or whatever 12 12 cans <laughs> and uh every so often well the first time i let it run you yep. and i just went and i just started emptying cans of brake cleaner into the timing hole, onto the clutch assembly, and onto um, the pressure plate and the flywheel. Yep. And it worked. Uh,
1: really? Yeah, it
0: worked for a while, and then I would clean it again, and I would clean it again all the way till I got home. <laughs> so I went through probably, I don't know, $50, $75 with a brake cleaner. Oh, my goodness. Just so I could hilarious. get around. Just so I could, I could get around. It was pretty good. That is um, funny. So I ended up getting rid of that diesel, and I swapped in a 16-valve, and yep. I sold that car to uh, my friend Ryan. And I sold it for $4,500. Mm-hmm. So that was a pretty good flip. Yeah. You know, um, for what how long I had did to you own it, it,
1: you said? I probably
0: had it for a year and a half, okay. year, year and a half. Yeah. So I drove that car for a while. I enjoyed, I greatly enjoyed that car. The interior was perfect. No cracks in the dash. Really nice car. So I sold it for 4500 bucks. And it had a 16 valve in it. It had wheels, coilovers. It was cool. Um, and worth every, every penny that I got for right. it. But I probably made, I don't know, $2,500 on that car. Right. Maybe three. Just because the car was 250 yeah. you know, So it was just whatever I paid for the 16-valve coilovers and $1,000 in wheels. Sure. So uh, actually, I sold that with ATS Type 5s. So you didn't even sell the BBSs? No, I sold it with Type 5s, which I actually like much better. I got, my, <laughs> got a thing for ATS wheels, yeah, apparently. Um, so then I, uh, after that, I bought a, um, I saw a Rabbit pickup truck, and it was an early Westy truck. So it had, like, it didn't have the wraparound headlights on the front. Okay. So, um, and Westie just means it was built in Westmoreland, Pennsylvania, for anybody that doesn't know rabbits. Yep. So you consider the Westie as kind of the the American-built Volkswagen rabbits. They have the square headlights versus the round headlights that they had in Europe, Canada, and... Uh, rest of world. Rest of world, yeah, exactly. So we had these weird ones, just probably because of Ralph Nader. <laughs> You know all the requirements, <laughs> or whatever. regulations. So, right. um, so this was an early Westy. So this was a 1980, and it was a 1.7 liter, and also it, diesel, diesel, and yep. it was clean. It was red. So I went out to I don't know nowhere, um, uh, Minnesota with Nathan, my buddy Nathan, and with mm-hmm. a, and we picked it up and drove it back. And I, th- I feel like it's for somehow it ended up being towed because I can imagine seeing it on a tow truck, but I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember why <laughs> there's been so many of these things at this time. But I ended up, um. The motor was bad. It blew. It had huge blow by. The compression was oh. shit, and uh, it was a it was a five speed, which was cool, but it was a, it was a lower ratio five speed, which was neat, but um, the in- engine had to go. So yep. I bought a one point nine, indirect injection turbo diesel. Right. So this was an engine that was only available in Canada. Interesting. So you ha- it was pre like really early Mark three TDI. Sure. It's not a TDI because it doesn't have a computer. It has inje- a st- uh, conventional injection pump. Just like any old rabbit or Mark II or Eco Diesel sure. or anything like that. But, but it it's a 1.9 liter. Yep. So I bought one of those. I got it for like 900 bucks. And I swapped it in there. I did a really nice job. Put an intercooler on it. I think I was running like 30 PSI. Yeah. Out of like a little tiny turbo at that thing. <laughs> and it actually moved out pretty good, but it got like 60 miles per gallon. Wow. Amazing. I sold that thing. It was when it was right when gas prices were like they they were nuts, yeah. right? And even today that truck would have been worth with that engine. Just because it's super simple, yep. but it's still turbo 1.9. Um, I got 8,500 bucks for that truck, wow, and I okay. paid 2,500 for it, yeah. so now I was probably 3,500 in. Yep. So when I drove that one for a little bit and enjoyed that, mm-hmm. and then I bought, um, I bought a chrome yellow Scirocco from our buddy Chad over at SCI Performance. Yeah, um, and uh, we're 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 on like the biggest
1: tangent ever right now.
0: <laughs> so it's
1: it's interesting though.
0: So um, I bought a chrome yellow Scirocco from. It was it was owned by it was started by Chad at SCI, mm-hmm. and then my buddy John Balsh bought it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just a car full of parts. It had been painted, and then everything in the car was just shoved in, inside the car. Okay. So it was and it was a crate engine, a 180. Hmm. So brand new from Volkswagen. They were wow. s- selling an engine, so it was zero miles on this engine. And I'm like, all right, I'll buy that. What do you want for it? I got it for 5,500 sure. bucks. Sure, for all this whole car with parts. So I ended up putting it together and assembling the interior and everything. Chad had done Westphalia centers on the seats, which is the plaid, the plaid. with the orange and the green mm-hmm. and the yellow. And the car is chrome yellow, which is um, uh, signal yellow if you're a Porsche fan. Okay. So it's it's like a, it's 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 so bright. It's awesome. Yeah. It's like sunflower, burnt yellow, yep. kick-ass color. You don't see it very often. I like it way better than tangerine. Sorry. <laughs> it was, it's like in terms of yellows I do on a nine eleven, no, it's, it's it's really, really, really yeah. it's like goldenrod. Yeah, I guess would is. be the way to look at it, maybe with a little more orange. But the car was cool. I put T V screen headlights on it, which are these massive headlights. Those
1: were big headlights. They're like
0: nine inches like diagonal, maybe. Yeah. yeah maybe Why were they so big? It's a European headlight. That's okay. just I don't I don't know the history of those headlights. Um, But I ended up finding a set, got those, put them in there. Usually they have quad rounds, sure. But this was an early Shrocko, so it didn't have the wraparound headlights. Okay, it it was just flat across the front, and it had this brand new crate motor in it. I got it running. Chatted SCI helped me out with some of the um, with the wiring, and I think Mm -hmm. uh, um, Jack Eno's helped me out with some of that as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, we got the thing running, and I drove it around a while. And I remember there was this instance where I was driving with Jess; she was with me, and I lived out in Mound. And I was, I was the car was fast. It was a KO3S. Yep. It was a fast front-wheel drive car. It was chipped, had full exhaust intake. It was, like, oh, stage wow. two, had a big intercooler. So you're
1: making, like, 240? I was going
0: to say 230 horsepower. The thing yeah. weighs, it's gutted. It. It's got a cage, two seats. I mean, the thing probably weighed 1,800 pounds, 1,850. Yeah. <laughs> it was very It was very fast. Yeah. And uh, at least in my world a fast, that's fast. No, that's pretty quick. So I remember with Jess, we were driving home, and I was full into it in fourth gear. Yeah. And we went over a hill, and I was full boost fourth gear. I don't know. That's probably hundred and five.
1: Okay. Who knows?
0: And there's a car turning out of a fucking mailbox. Yeah. To go right in front of me, and I'm I'm wrong. Yeah. Right there's he didn't he looked no one coming. I'm turning. Yep. But I came over that hill so fast and i basically the car lifted going over the hill so i yep. had no brakes right i touched i touched the brakes a little bit and they just locked up immediately yep. i was barely able to get the car to stop and i'm like no that's it this is this front wheel drive super fast shit is it's for some reason it scared me enough that i got i i got rid of that car yeah and I, and it was like not at the same at the same time I was kind of thinking 911. Okay. Cuz at the time they were like twelve fifteen thousand dollars 15,000 for for just your whatever 911, a Targa you could get for 8. Yeah. You know, 8 or 10. And I'm like, "All right, that's it. I want a 911." So I ended up selling that car for 10,500 mm-hmm. and I had this money burning a hole in my well, pocket sure. just on Fire in fuego, <laughs> and uh, and I, my our Lewis our buddy that runs cars and coffee that we we had on the podcast a few times helped me find a car. Um, he didn't help me find the one that I found, but he was he was on the hunt with me. And I found a a white '83 911 SC that had a tail on it, but it was really nice, really clean, brown interior. I ended up flying out to get that. So basically, what I did is took that two hundred fifty dollar rabbit but the thing is, is i didn't know what i was doing
1: right right. i didn't but have it, it, it progressed you it, weren't flipping cars to get to that end goal but your just kind ownership progressed my
0: ownership progressed and that's kind of what i would like to do with this yugo is i would like to see if i can take this yugo which is well renowned as one of the crappiest cars ever made the cheapest cars ever made and i paid a thousand bucks for it I don't have any problem disclosing that it'll get. I'll get what a, whatever the car is worth for it, right? Um, and we'll see where it goes. If I can get three thousand five hundred, three twenty-five hundred, three somewhere in there, I would be happy. And then, and then I can. What else is there?
1: Now you're gonna buy something. Buy for something that. else
0: and see if I can, you know, kind of pay it forward to myself with that car. Sure. And see, you know, what kind of equity I can build in another car. And um, I'm really kind of relying. I want to rely on the community to help help this, help with this, sure. help me find these cars, you know, be, send me emails, show me what's out there, you know, help, my, uh, help me keep my antennas up. And, I, and I'd love to have the community's involvement with this, which involves maybe, uh, maybe there's some rules to this. Like, what are we doing for rules? I mean, Right. No, so I like don't...
1: this idea because you're starting with a Yugo, right. which is a really weird off-the-wall car, right? And so it has to be something rare, I would say. Uh, yeah.
0: Not rare. Here, here's my rule to myself. Okay. And I'm going to create this rule for myself. This is how I want to do it. Okay. If I would look at the car, another guy driving the car down the street, and I go, that's cool. That guy has good taste. That guy's cool. Then it's fine. And you thought this car. about
1: the you go. Yes,
0: I've seen you go. <laughs> yes, well, I just because they're unique and special, you know. Well, that's
1: why I'm trying to go for something, and it probably is the same question, or it'll get the same result with your question test. But just something very like unique and kind of different.
0: Right. Yeah. For sure. And I probably have different views of what that is in terms of some other people. But yeah, I would imagine so. There's lots of off the wall stuff out there. Um, the thing is, I don't want to get quagmired in some car that's so unique that nobody wants it. Right. right? Like, that's some true. Like. There has to still be a market. So uh, there's like some cars that are in the process of doing this. I'd like to own. So you have kind of ones in mind. I'd like uh, like one of the uh, hydraulic suspension Citroens. Oh, a CV. Yeah, CV. I really like a CV. But the end goal car, um, there's a few things that I think would be it's, it's not really reasonable. I don't know. We'll see. Right. We'll okay. see how far you go on the low end. I'd love to get like a E46 M3. Sure. Would be a good goal. Or an E36 M3 that's really nice. Yep. Um, an E28 M5 would be cool. Okay. Um, an E39 or E34 M5 would yep. be great. On the high end, like a maybe a Ferrari Testarossa. You're right. Like like eighty, <laughs> 80 to $100,000. How long does it take you to get there? Right. right. I was going to say, um, how
1: long is this going to be going? I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you, forever. Maybe in your lifetime you'll get
0: there. Yeah. What's, what's wrong with that? Okay. I so like it. So it's... Uh, We'll see where things go, and at some point, mm-hmm. I'm fine with being like, you know what? I love this car. This is where it stops.
1: You're gonna stop there,
0: and it could be anything. I don't know. We'll see where the road goes, and you know, I guess I don't know. I just, I I love owning and other things and experiencing different things and and the adventures and the and the stuff that comes with it. I was out. Right. I I'm not in love with the Yugo, but I still enjoyed working on it and polishing it and. Guessing the oil leaks and finding out why this bolt doesn't have a nut on it and, <laughs> and finding the nut and like like just kind of going through that stuff it's it's really kind of a cathartic thing for me right and i really think that i've it's been a part of me that's been missing because i used to be working and wrenching all the time and since i rebuilt the 911 i mean i did the suspension on it but other than that
1: there hasn't been a there huge hasn't been a laundry list of things to there do. hasn't
0: been a lot of stuff to do right so i mean the other the only other thing i did i guess is i fixed up that mark three I had a Mark III. The white one? The white one, and I ended up trading that for a right-hand drive E30 Touring.
1: Right, and we talked about that car.
0: Yeah, so it's like that's the last time I did it, and I loved it. So <laughs> I I just kind of like the, the chase of this. And, sure. And the idea of maybe like – and I'm not – it's not to make money. I'm not flipping to, like, make money. Right. I'm flipping to have new experiences. Right. So I'm, it's like, and you are improving each car
1: you're coming across.
0: Right. You're improving it for the next person and giving it another lease on life. Right. Because this Yugo was dying. It, I mean, well,
1: it would have been dying a slow death in that garage as well. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Because it clearly was not being driven.
1: Yeah. And to someone who thinks, oh, maybe you're going to be taking advantage of people, I would argue that whatever this Yugo goes for is much cheaper than if someone would have bought it from our friend Gary and had it worked on or restored by a shop, right? Oh,
0: absolutely. So yeah. I still think everyone is going to be
1: winning with this.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's whatever they're worth. Obviously, the, the worst term in the world, is it's worth whatever someone's willing to pay. But if this shiny Yugo true. is worth X to someone and they're going to enjoy it and they want to give me their money? Yeah. What's the problem? I'm the one that put all the sweat equity into going and getting it and right. fixing it up and fixing these oil leaks and polishing the hell out of it and cleaning all the crap out of it and just getting it dialed in for the next person. Right. I mean, that's worth something to me.
1: Absolutely. And it
0: should and it is worth something the next person too, I would hope. Yeah. And and, and
1: we'll see where it goes. I do think I like the idea you mentioned before of putting it up on bring a trailer.
0: Yeah, I, I hope the car's clean enough for that. I'll submit it to them. I'll get some yeah. good pictures up. Um I definitely will always try to represent the car honestly. Right. And there's some, like, where the bumpers go in and they bolt to the car, there's a little bit of rust. Nothing's through, but it's there. You can't see it, but it's there. So I mean we'll we'll see where it goes. I oh. still
1: think, like you said, it's it's probably the cleanest, all original Yugo.
0: Yeah, it probably. At least is. in this area, it might. Yeah. Well, yeah, that goes without question. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway. So that's it. That's I mean that's that's
1: that that's the why right there. I like it. That's a good idea. And so I guess we'll we'll call for people to maybe lend their thoughts on where you should go from.
0: this. I would love community input on this. You know, yeah. I I really like. Um, on my Instagram stories, I always get feedback about people are inspired that I'm working on cars. Whether it's mostly on the 911, because nobody works on their own. Right. But it's true. I really like I like that I get feedback, and it it fuels me to do more and show you guys more. And if this is stuff you guys want to see, by all means, I'll 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 give it to you. I'll we'll we'll do it if it if it becomes popular enough, and maybe we'll do a YouTube channel. I don't know. We can see where it goes. True.
1: So I'm laughing because as we're recording here, my dad is at a car show in Stillwater. And I just came across a car that would be definitely rare enough and definitely cool enough. The question is if you're going to be able to find one. It is a Volkswagen Puma. Do you know what these are? It's an air-cooled engine in the back, but it looks like a a 2000 GT. or like Yeah, they're uh, really, really rare. They're super rare. But I'm looking at this thing like, I want one of these. They
0: are They're neat. Um, they look like yeah they look like an Opel GT.
1: Opel GT is the other yeah, the little, kind of yeah. coupe.
0: They're very cool. They're very 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 hard to find.
1: I think you should find one of those or uh, like a what Amazon the Volvo Amazon or one of those like that's another just really unique weird car that I think is really cool. Right. Yeah. I I would be.
0: It depends on the price of the car, what it needs. You know, it's going to have to be a case by case basis. I would right. even, I would do like a Fox body Mustang if it was like a good thing where I could improve the car. And, that's true give it a That'd new lease life. That, you know, I,
1: I would love to see you driving a Fox body Mustang actually <laughs> I don't know why that just doesn't fit your personality so
0: what was going on in between recording the history episode from last
1: week and this episode do we want to tell people what I've been doing <laughs> well it's Before we get to that, let's talk about one of our sponsors, Further Performance. Further Performance, they're a local Twin Cities-based automotive specialist, as you know. They truly love European cars, and that's why they focus on them. You know, they're enthusiasts. They know these cars inside and out. When you're able to focus on, you know, a single subset of cars like that, they really have the knowledge and experience to do things right. They know them from headlight to tailpipe, or as our phone number is, from lug nut to fan That's going to be my new... Like not fan to fan belt? Fan belt, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, whether it's... Uh, That's leaving out a lot of the car. It is. <laughs> yeah, you're only getting from uh, the wheel to the front of the engine. Yeah, But you get the idea. So whether you have some maintenance needs on your European car or you want to have someone do a full restoration or engine build on it, these guys really are the ones to go to. And while you're down at the shop, they do have a newer shop down there. Check it out. They have some really cool projects they're always working on, the air-cooled stuff. Maybe they know where a Volkswagen uh, Puma is. I should talk to those guys because that would be awesome. Anyways, you can find them at fptuned.com. That's dot com.
0: So what is your – um like, let's say – Let's say I would have bought
1: that that Tangerine 911, because
0: let's say you didn't buy it. Sure. And I bought it and immediately flipped it and, like, pocketed the cash. Right. What do you think of people
1: that do that? I don't like it, but I can't explain why. Why, why don't you like it? Because it, it seems as though they're just trying to take advantage of the market and...
0: What's wrong with that?
1: I, I, I'm being devil's
0: advocate here. I, I know like you are.
1: I know, but it is an interesting question. Like, why? what's why do we care? Him?
0: Why yeah. do we care? I think... I think it's almost like it's, uh, it's like sleazy. It's yeah. like a guy
1: with, doing a one-night stand. Sure. You yeah, know? you're so, kind of cheating the system, too, in a way. Like, okay, if that car's worth more that you're going to get out of it, then... Let's give it to somebody that
0: is going to appreciate it and, and, and be impassioned by the car. Right. Because you know, a lot of times people are priced out of the market. And if you get a really good deal on something and you jack it up, some guy that would have had a, a lifetime of enjoying that car right. doesn't get to. And that's what really bothers me about flippers in general. Sure. So I'm trying to be clear that I'm not trying to do this. That's what I wanted this.
1: to, to um, clarify as well. Because so, you are bettering the cars, too. Right. It's not like you're just trying to find a deal, misrepresent it, and then get as much money as you can out of it. Right. That's, that's totally different.
0: So, what so you, when people resell cars and you go see in a car on Craigslist and you go look at what do you think are some of the mistakes people are making? When buying or selling? Both. No, I'm selling. When someone's selling a car I and you go <laughs> to look at it, what are some of your pet peeves? I have, I have, a, I have you one. Have a list? Is this a totally
1: different episode we're going down? No, it's right here on the on Sunday <laughs> oh, okay. show.
0: I have one thing that bugs me more than anything else.
1: I am looking at your, your notes, so I yeah. think I know what it is. It is yeah. when
0: you get there and you pop the hood... And the engine bay is gleaming, an armor all that looks like it was just pressure washed.
1: That's what bugs you. I
0: hate it. Why? Because you can't tell if anything's wrong. You can't see if anything was leaking. Oh. You can't see if it was taken care of. Sure. You can't. You can tell a lot by an engine compartment that's left the way it is. Right. You can really tell a lot. Because that's it, why they do it. Is that a strategy? You bet your ass. They don't uh, want you to uh, see okay. that it's leaking all over the place. <laughs> I so, never even
1: thought of that. I so, that like, just when,
0: I, when I change the oil and stuff, I always kind of, like, wipe the valve cover down and right. stuff like that. If a car is just disgusting under there and it's right. never been wiped down, then you know it's you never You know it's maintained. not really – maybe it's not loved. And mm-hmm. you can kind of get, like, these little feelings from things. Yeah, and I know what you mean. That I don't like when people have, leave personal effects in the car. Yeah. Or like, when you go to test drive something, there's, like, like gum or Tic Tacs. Or, like, they've got, like, a picture of their kid hanging from the rearview mirror. Ooh, just get all that stuff out of there. I don't want to feel – I already, the first thing I do anytime I buy a car is just like scrub all the other person right. out of it. Anyway, so that just makes it bad news. So that and car just generally being dirty doesn't right. help.
1: That's what I was going to say. We're like trash in the back seat. Yep. I mean, some people are just disgusting yeah. with their cars. Yeah. So, um, but I would think the biggest maybe mistake people make is not taking good photos of their car. And you don't need to be a professional photographer. Just. I don't know, take better photos, represent actually what you're selling.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like, you think there would be almost a business model of buying cars with shitty photos on Craigslist, bringing them back to your place, washing them, and taking great photos and making $250
1: each each time. each day. Each time, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you could, because you're right. So much of this is just not... It's marketing 101. Like, make the car somewhat attractive. Take a good picture of it.
0: Yeah, it's not like you would, like... Uh, chicks don't go out all, like wearing crappy clothes and not showering you know <laughs> yeah or whatever
1: or yeah. picture their old boyfriend around their neck there it you just go. doesn't work that no, way that makes sense so do you want to get to uh voicemail yeah so uh, we teased kind of that number before that we want to have you guys ask us questions we do have a couple questions here so this is uh, one of our listeners Mo who has a question that I will let him explain hey guys it's Mo uh,
2: just giving you guys a call um, i've listened to all your, uh, all of your episodes. Um, I've thoroughly enjoyed them. Um, one thing I, I think uh, would be interesting for you guys to cover, especially since you guys are both uh, heavily involved in the, the Porsche community and, and know that knowledge, um, I was kind of wondering if you guys could maybe do an episode or maybe some news or something like that on um, on how rough, uh, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, came about and why it's so similar to Porsche and, you know, if they had to go through any uh, proprietary, um, you know, information, just because they, you know, obviously they look so much similar. Uh, but I think it'd be cool if you guys could t- kind of explain uh, the birth of Ruff rough and, and kind of the relationship with Porsche and how that came all about. All right, guys. Well, I'll uh, let you guys go and uh, appreciate you guys listening. Thanks.
1: Thank you, Mo. So we will talk about Roof. Like the roof roof. of your house. You got to remember it's German. Not the sound a dog makes (laughs) rough, right? So, and it is Roof because it's a guy's name, Alois Roof. Right. He was, uh, in 1939, he actually founded a little service station garage, Alois Roof. And he began experimenting with vehicle design of his own in the late 40s then. And in 1955, actually designed a bus, of all things, a tour bus which led him to expanding his business for more than just a little service garage and starting his own bus manufacturing company. Now, this is much different than what we think of Roof (laughs) as today, right? That's because Roof Sr. had a son, Roof Jr., who took over this bus company when he died. And he was always, like, really into Porsches as a kid. Yeah, buses are boring. Right. And so he completely dismantled the bus company and basically started tuning Porsches. So in 1960, Alois Jr. became... uh, began servicing and restoring Porsches out of his father's garage, the service station he still had. Where was this taking place? This was in Germany. Okay. Uh, there was a town that I couldn't pronounce and no one would recognize, so I left it out of the story. So um, after his dad's death, a year later in 1975, the first roof-enhanced Porsche came to life. Now, roof to be their first complete model in 1977, a couple years later, which was a tuned version of Porsche's 930, which was the 911 Turbo of the time, with a stroked 3.3 liter. So in 77, they still had just the 3 liter engine, so a roof here stroked it out to 3.3 liter. And it's interesting to note that they use... Some un- of those
0: early ones are worth a just a ungodly ton of amount of money. money.
1: I know. Yeah. So it's interesting to note that Roof used unmarked Porsche chassis, also known as bodies in white yep. in the industry. And so these cars are built from the ground up as a completely new car. New VIN number. Yep. It's using like, bare chassis. It's not like
0: Singer or something where they take a car that's already <coughs> completed and then, like, kind of deconstruct it and build it back up again. These are, like exactly stamp steel or, or aluminum chassis. Yep. Just- so you get
1: a bare chassis, excuse me, <clears throat> a bare chassis from Porsche. Then they basically assemble it using roof-specific parts and materials. So like you said, this isn't like a badge engineering deal. These are completely new cars. And this means the company is officially recognized as a manufacturer by the German government. And as such, all roof models have their own roof certified VIN number and series number. And I recognize as production models rather than modified porsches so that hopefully answers your question uh you probably know roof they're historically known for its record-breaking 211 mile per hour ctr also known as the yellow bird that's
0: a story i'm trying i'm desperately trying to get this story um pushed through where i can i want to do i want to find out where the yellow bird is now Yep. interview the owner talk to the guy who drove it around the track at the Nurburgring. hopefully i know the car is in germany Okay, so I want to get it to. I think it by, it's either by. I think it actually might be by Stukart. Okay, and I want to take that car back out to the Nurburgring for some pictures with a, a chopper, just
1: desperately trying to keep up. with oh, you. Oh man! So if you haven't seen this original video that we're talking about of this CTR Yellowbird flying around the Nurburgring, you you need to see this. That's basically what, in my
0: opinion, that was my first exposure to Roof. Is that? Yeah. Is is that video, which is incredible? Yeah, probably so mine go check too. it out. It just is look really up a cool. Yellowbird Nurburgring. On Google, you'll be able to find it. So hopefully that, I mean, that's a little brief, but that kind of maybe we'll go into that deeper sometime. But thanks, Jake.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. So, and hopefully that answers your question, Mo, as well. Um like to take another break here to talk about one of our sponsors, Luther Westside Volkswagen. They're the number one Volkswagen dealer here in the country. They also have the largest selection of used Volkswagens and other European cars in the Twin Cities. So maybe they will have a Porsche of sorts there in their used car lots. Sometimes they do. Um, they have an amazing facility right there that houses their amazing staff. They're all very nice guys. In addition to uh, Helton, is it? Who, Helton, yeah. Uh, is Chris's kind of sales guy of choice. I was talking to a coworker at my day job and she uh bought her Beetle from Westside Volkswagen and had nothing but great things to say. So literally everyone I've talked to who has been there and dealt with them awesome experience. So you can find them at westsidevw.com.
0: All right. So I do have uh one news article that we have time for and I'm going to I have so we can either talk about the <laughs> self-driving race car, yeah, or we can talk about Elon Musk being a moron.
1: Right. So I'm going to say we're talking about Elon Musk after I say the self-driving car or race car went up the um, hill climb at the festival. I want to save
0: this story for another time if we're not going to do it, because I think it's it's interesting. It's interesting because it's so boring. Is it? Well, the car is so. All right. Let's just do both. We've got 15 (laughs) minutes. We can do both.
1: (laughs) Go ahead. All right. So this was the first driverless hill climb car or race car, that, and it was at the Festival of Speed. And we saw this as a video that was posted on Facebook or social media. And Chris kind of uh, looked into this a little bit more. So Robo Race, which is a very um, interesting name. They, <laughs> very creative. They, I was going to say they didn't take much creative license with that. Robo Race has carved out a small niche in history with the first self-driving vehicle to successfully complete the Goodwoods famous hill climb. The car designed by Daniel Simon, an automotive futurist who's worked on hit sci-fi movies like Tron, Legacy, and Oblivion. Um, he basically created this car. It he weighs it, you know,
0: drew it, whatever.
1: Okay, he designed it, yes. Yeah. Uh, it weighs two thousand nine hundred and seventy-six pounds, which is not light, especially think about all the things you don't have to build into this car. There's no seats, there's no controls, there's no climate control, well, there's it does no have, cabin. It
0: has four motors. Okay. And 500 horsepower. Cool. So th- I'm guessing there's a lot of batteries. Yeah, but you only have to go up a hill. I know. I don't understand why, um, why My point it's is so heavy. Very Watching this thing drive heavy. up the hill was like, it was painstaking. Like, what are you doing? Can you please? Like, it would like jitter back and forth. And it
1: was very like, yeah, not uh, smooth, not natural. And there was just no drama to it. Well, here's what's kind of interesting about this story.
0: Robo Race plans to provide RoboCars to teams as an API, which is Application for Programming Interface, Mm -hmm. which is basically here's this, you do what you want with
1: it. Well, API in the software world is basically if you have a website or some program, in order for it to plug in with other technologies, there's an API that you use. So they want to make sure or make it appropriatable for other companies to basically plug into this technology.
0: Right. All cars will be mechanically identical, but teams will be able to write their own driving algorithms. Instead of hiring a better driver, teams will just program one. Races are expected to be run in concert with Formula E, which features human-driven electric cars. Roborace plans to use the same tracks as Formula E running its races during Formula E's downtime.
1: So the concept itself I will say, is interesting, because now you're going to be able to ca- like compare the self-driving algorithms to the Formula E cars, but that is going to be the most boring thing in the world to watch.
0: Here's the only... So they raced one against a human driver, and it got, it's got it got an ass kicked by, like, 30 seconds. Oh, really? Yeah. Some, well, to be fair, he was a drift driver, so who knows how good of a driver he really was. Maybe it, was even, it would be even worse right. if an actual competitive race car driver did True. it. Um, so it's at a time of, of... I don't even remember the name track. One fifty one and the the robot car at 218 which yeah. is really really bad. Yeah. Um, so but the here's how this could be entertaining. Have you seen the show BattleBots? Yes. <laughs> it needs to be like that. So it's like you have the track, maybe you have your own track out in the middle of nowhere. Okay. Where you don't have any no one needs to be around. So you have all the cameras set up and you let these cars fight to the death. Okay, that would be amazing. That's, Tell me you wouldn't watch that. That's just giant battle bots. Exactly. That's the only <laughs> way this is interesting. That's not a race. No, they can still race, but like they, they all have start like,
1: like on their. You know how you have like, yeah, you know how you have
0: like <laughs> DRS zones. For F one, okay, you could maybe have like uh, weapon zones where you go through it and like, <laughs> like, like different weapons get turned on. Like in turn six, maybe it's like machine guns. Oh
1: my gosh, I love this idea! Now. Come on,
0: yep, come on, yep. it's amazing. And it's
1: basically just who finishes,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whoever finishes right, exactly. So anyway, that's
1: okay. Well, that's yeah. the only
0: way that's interesting for me. So BattleBot. Robo race. I like that. Maybe right. I'll send that guy an email and see what he thinks.
1: I think that's an amazing idea.
0: <laughs> so uh, Elon Musk is an idiot, as we all, I, as I think. I'm sorry, I shouldn't. Um, I, we we could talk about how he asked um, his his stockholders to buy in on his scheme to go private this week, but I think this story is more interesting. I didn't
1: know. Oh, okay. I thought we were talking about. No, that. this story okay. is more interesting. This I don't want to, that's Elon, boring. This is how Elon Musk is an idiot. This is yeah. You know who isn't an idiot, Chris? Me the guys over at south central imports ah yes one of our great sponsors they're not idiots because they've been in business since 1976 they're an authorized revo software dealer and deal exclusively with Volkswagen and Audi so as i said before They know these cars inside and out, specifically those models. And that's why you should bring them to them. They're dependable, honest. They have the integrity to really tell you what's wrong. They won't be swindling you. So you can find those guys on Facebook, of course. They're right there at SCI Performance. SCI, of course, stands for South Central Imports They're in the south central area of the Twin Cities. You can also give them a call, 612-722-880 nine seven
0: okay so the big news for everybody this week and it was all over all the automotive blogs was that tesla has said well why don't we go private yes but i don't care because okay i think it's a scam to raise the stock price it seemed that way okay, okay. um so more importantly um here's the t- the title of this article is get a load of this ridiculous story about how elon musk called a tesla critic's boss to complain about him <laughs> okay <laughs> so uh that's kind of the that's kind of the title of the story here um, this week, CEO Elon Musk took time off, his t- time off from his purportedly busy schedule to personally call the employer of a Tesla bearish critic who writes about the company under a pseudonym and threatened to sue him if he didn't stop writing about the company. Here's the icing on the cake. The critic might work for an oil investor. <laughs> Fun. <laughs> Sometime last week... a. Uh, Presumed Tesla fan revealed the identity of Montana Skeptic, the pen and Twitter name of a Tesla critic who blogs at the investing website Seeking Alpha. Skeptic has long been up in front about the fact that he's a Tesla short, meaning he's betting the company's stock will nosedive at some point. Sure. It's unclear what, if any effect, Skeptic's commentary has had on Tesla's stock price. Probably none. Update. Update. And as a few of you brought up in the comments, this is a hat tip to Jalopnik, by okay. the way. Um, as a few of you brought up in the comments, it should be noted that Montana Skeptic was among the chorus of people who criticized Wall Street Journal writer Dan Neal over a Tesla Model 3 story over the weekend. Blah, blah, blah. Who cares? That was meaningless. But when, we, but when he was revealed to be an employee of a firm that apparently has invested in oil companies, naturally, this raised the suspicions of Tesla crusaders. <laughs> in the little research I've done, I mean, his followers are rabid. I know they are. In a little research that's been done, it looks like his employer had loaned money for a couple of projects with oil-related firms. At first blush, it doesn't look like a primary facet of their business. The reason I'm talking about any of this is because on Monday, Skeptic abruptly deleted his Twitter account, leaving many of his followers and shorts in arms to wonder what happened. An acquaintance, acquaintance, Chris Irons, a Tesla critic himself who runs a research firm, soon after said he had heard from Skeptic himself – who disclosed that he voluntarily deleted his account after Elon Musk personally called his boss to complain.
1: <laughs> really? So Elon Musk personally called this guy... Called his boss. His boss, his employer, because he didn't like what he was saying online about <laughs> yes. Tesla's. Yes, yes. Wow, that just doesn't seem very. It sounds like Trump. I know. It's like that sounds like what he would do. It's so whiny. It's just so weird to like single out and be that. I don't know. Like, well, selfish. to be fair, the
0: skeptic guy, is, he's it's like it's. A I
1: know he has a big voice, but still, that's just that is weird.
0: You gotta have some thicker skin. That is People weird. are gonna hate what you're doing, no matter what it is you're doing. Right. Reached my phone Monday. Skeptic declined to comment. Jalopnik will not rename Skeptic as he started out writing about Tesla under a pseudonym and has not been accused of any crimes or wrongdoing. Okay. But then Skeptic followed up with a statement of his own on Tuesday about what purportedly happened. happened. And according to his count, Musk threatened to sue him if he didn't stand down from blogging about the automaker. Yesterday afternoon, the principal of the family office in which I am employed received a communication from someone purporting to be Elon Musk. Doubtful that Elon Musk could actually be attempting to contact him, my employer asked one of my colleagues to investigate and respond. My colleague then spoke by phone with Elon Musk. It was <laughs> indeed him. Mr. Musk complained to my colleague about my writing at Seeking Alpha and on Twitter. Mr. Musk said if I continued to write, he would engage counsel and sue me. Okay. To avoid litigation, Skeptic wrote, he offered to immediately cease writing at Seeking Alpha and deactivate his Twitter account. Musk himself has toyed with the fact that other automakers or Bigelow must have some sort of ongoing conspiracy against Tesla. I mean, that's kind of the I mean, this goes on and on and on. We get the gist of it. And on and on.
1: That's just so weird. Um,
0: Blah, blah, blah. Um, Basically, Tesla. What's their what's their response? Tesla wouldn't shine any light on the on the situation. Musk regularly takes time to call his critics employers. Uh, and if he does that, yeah. nor, would it com- <laughs> nor would it comment on whether Musk took the reasonable step of threatening to sue him. will decline to comment, a Tesla spokes- spokesperson said. Thanks. Wow. Come on, dude. What are you doing? Your company is
1: purportedly like you, you think your company is worth $88 billion. But you're taking the time but to like bully this one guy it's, and basically strong arm him to shut up.
0: I mean, the, the guy's got a big stick right i mean he's got a big stick if i mean if he called me on this honestly though if he called me on this podcast i'd be i'd be flattered
1: (laughs) i was gonna say that would be great
0: yeah that would be maybe we just need to
1: start speaking out against tesla more
0: more i I was gonna
1: say we already do but i don't think our listeners want that there's just just
0: too much forward
1: our show to elon musk if you have any context yeah there you go well (laughs) one of
0: our listeners does work at uh what's this what's the place that sends rockets to the sky
1: Oh, SpaceX. SpaceX. Not, not a anymore. a SpaceX employee. He doesn't, I don't think. Oh, I think
0: they're still tied in. Maybe we can work that angle. No, get... I said
1: I don't think he's working for SpaceX anymore.
0: Oh, he, oh well, never mind of that then. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, we appreciate you guys listening, and please give us your feedback And what do you think I should do with the Yugo and that whole the whole plan. <laughs> Back
1: to the important things. Back to the important <laughs> things,
0: and uh, let us know what you think. Uh, Anyway, that's that's it for today. That's all I've got.
1: Awesome. Check us out on iTunes, Facebook, Instagram. We would love to hear from you. Thanks, Take care, guys. guys.